Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, hour number two. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, our final show as the Warriors season has come to an end. 122-101, to Lakers beat the Dubs last night, game six in L.A. I am still in downtown Los Angeles. Whitey Gleason back in San Francisco, 888-957-9570. And just kind of resetting things here. At the top of hour number two, emotional day uh, as the Warriors go out last night. Uh, we can get into all of it if you want to be angry, if you want to be appreciative, if you want to be disappointed or, or sad. It's all on the table for Warrior fans. We want to hear from you. Uh, if you want to talk about last night's game, what a complete uh, disappointment it was, or the series, which I know, Whitey, we haven't really talked about the Lakers series specifically. We did talk a bit about last night's game. Uh, and obviously the, the tenor of this show has taken on the tone of where do the Warriors go from here as far as the future. But but this series for the Warriors, as ugly as it ended, was winnable. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors hit 21 threes in game one and lost that game, falling behind by 14 with about six minutes to go. They had the big run to tie it. Lakers scored the final five in game one and game four. Uh, where the Warriors probably should have been up more than they were going into the fourth quarter, and then just a complete meltdown of offensive execution down the stretch in the final two, three minutes of that one, and the Lakers take it, and that winds up being the difference. If the Warriors win one of those two games, either game one or game four, we're talking about a game seven tomorrow afternoon, and I think everybody at that point would really be really be liking the Warriors' chances, but... They were unable to to get the job done. Yeah, game four was the one they kicked. That was a very winnable game, and they gave it away. By the way, quick note on that before we get back to the uh, phones, the Comcast business text line. Did you see that the, the play the Warriors ran at the end of game four was, it's called the hammer. And do you know why it's called mm-hmm. the hammer? Because the first guy, uh, the first guy that yeah, ever ran it, George Carl drew it up for Darvin <laughs> Him, the coach of the Lakers, he was the first guy that ran it. I think it had more to do with LeBron uh, figuring out what was going on there. And he, they, the Warriors, Warriors ran into a, a situation where the Lakers defended very well. But it's just kind of funny that they ran the hammer against a team coached by the guy who was the first guy ever to run the hammer. Yeah, and and LeBron had been really good at at diagnosing I yes. think because he's played the Warriors so many times yeah. over the years yeah. at the highest level and and he is such a, a an unbelievable IQ player 
he really did have the ability to dissect a lot of, of what mm-hmm. the Warriors like to do. And, and that, I think, was part of the reason why the Warriors were stymied offensively. And you know, my big question going into Game 6 was, would the Warriors' offense travel with them down to L.A.? And, and it just did not. Uh, the defense didn't really either last night. The Lakers were hot from the start. And, you know, that was one thing that I, I, I do think surprised me in this series was the fact that the Lakers' offense was really comfortable for, for good chunks of this series. I thought the Warriors would make them look a little a little worse to where they could maybe hang in and grind out a game. Uh, maybe game four was going to be that game, uh, and the Warriors let it let it slip away. But, but the Lakers really, I think, it, you know, took advantage of – just about every one of the Warriors' defensive weaknesses in this series as well. Especially their transition defense. I was stunned last night watching the Lakers and seeing how they really pushed the pace. They're not known for that, but they got out in transition, got out going downhill. LeBron did a great job of that, and they really exploited uh, what's been a problem for the for the Warriors all year long, going back to the end of their very first game of the year in which they actually beat the Lakers, their transition defense has been at times dreadful, and that was uh, another reason uh, that they uh, ended their season early last night. All right, Gary in San Leandro, 888-957-9570 is next here on Warriors This Week. Hey, Gary. Come here. Hey, guys. Uh, good morning. Hey, uh, you know, I wanted to address the Draymond Green extension uh, an aging Draymond Green, what is he going on, 34, people looking for a four-year extension. What I'd like to like to like, and I, he's called the heart and soul of the Warriors. You know, he might have been the heart and soul. He is not the heart and soul now. I liken him to Madison Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner, as you guys well know, three-time champion, won uh, World Series MVP, NL MVP, did it all for the Giants. But at, at, there was a certain time that the Giants, I mean, and, and Farhan got killed. He got blasted for not re-signing him. But he was past, it's, it's not future uh, results. You know, you're paying these guys for past results. Uh, now Bar- Madison Bumgarner is uh, signed a four-year deal. He was released after two-plus years. Uh, not too many Giant fans are uh, blasting Farhan for not re-signing the heart and soul of their team. Uh, your comments. Yeah, no, it, it's an interesting comp. I, I think Draymond has shown at this point that he's got more in the tank than than even yeah. Bumgarner had shown Come on. at that point in which he left to go to to Arizona. And and the one thing I will say, Gary, I don't know about a four year extension. Like that's that's the one thing. Like I I don't know about you know this 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 year for Dre plus four. Maybe it's maybe it's this year plus three if he opts out, and so you take care of this year for Draymond, and then. And then you add three more. Like to me, it would be more of a three-year thing. I, I and look, maybe Draymond demands four. I think he's a pretty practical guy. If they pay him at a certain level for three, I think maybe he would he would look at at doing three. But that leads back into the the bigger question, Whitey, which is this question about doubling down on the aging core with Steph. Clay and Draymond at least for one more year because I do think it's a year to year proposition. Clay's got one year in his deal. Draymond technically right now has the one year opt in. We'll see if they add years to it. Steph's got a couple of years to go. Obviously, he's not going anywhere at this point. But but I think you have to almost look at it this way, Whitey, in the sense of as you pick which path to go down. Well, what is what is going younger do 
for the war. Like, like there isn't enough there as far as the younger players to say you want to build around the younger players. So at that point, you'd be tearing it down to the studs in a way, and nobody wants to do that. So the logical answer, I think, is to try and try and continue with mm-hmm. the guys that you think still have enough in the tank. And and I think that's the point. And Steve Kerr said it post game. He believes that those three. Steph Clay and Draymond collectively still have years in the tank. That's that's what he said. So if they believe that, it's risky, but I still think it's probably the best course of action the most if prudent. you're not going to tear yeah. it down. Yeah. Because to me, you'd almost have to tear it down if you go the other way. And why would you do that before you have to? It's it's the most logical. What gives you a better chance of winning another championship as soon as possible? Sticking with these guys or tearing it all down? Tearing it all down, you're giving up. And, you know, who knows what you're going to get, but you have core players now who have that whatever you want to call it, championship pedigree. And Draymond Green, here's where I disagree with Gary, and thank you, Gary, for listening. Thanks for sharing. But where I really disagree is comparing Draymond, who, by the way, is only 33. He's not 34 yet. Uh, comparing him to Madison Bumgarner at the end of his giant run. Mad Bum was done. You could see that. He just wasn't the same guy. Uh, he had lost velocity, and he couldn't get people out. Draymond was just second-team all-defense. And we just talked about how one of the big problems for the Warriors this year is that they couldn't guard people. So your best defensive player, he's pretty important to keep around next year. And yeah, at some point, maybe that tank will be empty. But I think, as we just said, J.D., the prudent move is to make sure you you ride these guys, these great players, as long as you can. That's just what makes the most sense. Jan in Mountain View next, 888-957-9570. Hey, Jan. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just want to bring up a point is uh, can the Warriors ever get away from small ball? They need, a, they need, to, they need to go out and get a good um, a veteran uh, center to help, uh, you know, help Looney and, you know, get, get those rebounds and, you know, put the ball in the basket and stop trying to place too much small ball. I mean, you can do it at times, but over and over again can they you know try to get away from it because the other teams are you know coming after them thank thank you jan a lot of people that feel that a lot of people share that view a lot a lot of people that share that view whitey uh and look i think it's twofold the the warriors are going to have to get a, a backup big like they they can't do what they've done the last couple of years they at least have to have somebody on the roster even if he's the 11th to 15th man that doesn't always play who can get in there and, and clog it up from time to time uh, as a as a backup or a compliment to to uh, Kevon Looney? I, that what you, one roster spot has to be dedicated to that. It doesn't need to be more than one. It certainly doesn't need to be five or six like the Warriors used to have five or six different centers when they had Kevin Durant and all that shooting. Uh, I will say this though, Whitey, uh, the Warriors. I don't know if they necessarily have to get away from small ball. But they have to have more two-way playable wing-type players and, and ball-handler playmakers to be able to do it. You know, the Warriors always kept it in their back pocket and went to it when they really needed it. But the Warriors had those two-way interchangeable pieces that they don't have now. And so, to me, you could get you can continue to play small ball, but you have to have a better five, six, seven players to play it when you want to deploy it. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think small ball's great when, remember the lineup of death, the Warriors would throw that look at you, and it's like, wow, we got to make an adjustment. And this year, the Warriors had no other look. It's like they had to go small or go smaller. So it would be nice to have a little size. I will say this as well, and I said a lot of people feel that way. I'm not sure. I mean, I've felt that way myself. I'm not sure how correct that is to assume that, oh, they need a center. They were eighth in the league in rebounding this year. Defensive rebounding, which is important. They weren't as good as they were last year, but they were eighth this year in rebounding. So, yeah, they're small, and I know sometimes it looks like they're too small. They're getting overpowered, but uh, for all their their issues with size, the Warriors were the eighth best rebounding team in the NBA this year. And I'll, I'll use the example I've always used on that. They, they need they need an Alex Len. They need a they need a guy, and and it doesn't have to be a great player. He could be a minimum player. Zaza again, Festus Azili, right? He could, well, th- well, those guys played more than I think the, this guy even needs to play to be to, you know to whoever mm-hmm. it is. But they do have to have a roster spot for that that type of player. Again, even if he under normal circumstances barely plays, like you don't. I'm not saying you have to sign this player and he's in your rotation or he's starting. I mean, Kevon yeah. Looney is Kevon Looney's a top center in the NBA. Like that, like let's just put that rat on the table. And Wiseman, Kevon Looney is a yeah. top center. Wiseman was supposed to be at least that guy that we're describing. That was a plan. At the very least, he was going to be some size that you could play and that, that didn't work out. Yeah, and, and I don't know that you know, if the Warriors had that player on their roster in this series, I don't think he would have played very much. I don't think he would have played at all in the series against Sacramento. But there's a difference between having the guy available to you and not playing him and not having the guy available to you on your roster, especially throughout a long regular season. And that's one where I think, all right, I'm done with that. Like you need you need somebody that can at least come in uh, as one of your back, you know, five roster spots to be able to to try and, and complement things. Joe and Cupertino next on ninety five seven the game. Hey Joe. Hey, J.D. and Whitey, I, I want to be thankful for you on Saturdays. It's an intellectual feast to listen to you, too. Um, wow. But I, you know, I, I really hope Myers comes back and they extend Kerr because a one-year lame duck isn't great. But i got to tell you, brothers, um, I'm disappointed in Myers. He did not get a Alex Lynn at the deadline. I think it was available. And we lost this series in game one and four, and I got to criticize Kerr. Game one, why didn't he go smaller quicker? And game four, when uh, uh, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, started going off, he said in the post game he wanted Moody for offense. When GP2 is your defensive stud, put him in there, and GP2 had like 13 points that game. Kerr lost game four for us, and I don't understand how flat they came out in the beginning of game six. So I'm going to have three questions for you to answer. One, is it fair to criticize Kerr on my three specific things in game one, game four, and then coming out flat in game six? And moving forward, I I agree with you guys. You you tear up Draymond Green's deal and give him three more years. Don't give him four. Clay don't deserve nothing. You play out next year with Clay. And – we have to get a Vinnie Johnson, Eddie Johnson, microwave type of player that can shoot when Curry is a little off and Clay is, is abysmal. Um, we just didn't have that person to give Clay a little more space. So we need someone like that. And then my third question is Jordan Poole does not fit the ethos of this team. He refuses to improve defensively. His entitlement is unacceptable. His inability to be a floor leader, 
I cannot lose with this guy any longer. J.D., please tell me. There has to be a pathway to unload this sieve of a player. He is a mindless player that is just not a winning player. So please tell me your thoughts on those three things, Um, because I'm really upset today. You you got it, Joe, and, and we appreciate the call. I was I was taking notes, Whitey. I was yeah, taking notes to make sure I don't <laughs> make sure I don't miss anything here. Uh, I, I'm with you on Jordan Poole not fitting the ethos of the team. I, I'm with you on the entitlement part, and you know. So I, I think the Warrior. If you're telling me who's the player that's most likely to not be on the Warriors next year, it's Jordan Poole. I mean, there's no doubt they've already committed publicly to the other three as long as Draymond, you know, they can work out the finances for, for Draymond and Clay's under contract. And, you know, I, I would say, and I know we've, again, not, not to go back to Kaminga, but if you're saying Poole or Kaminga, to me, the guy that's most likely, to me, the mo- still the guy that's most likely to be traded is Poole. Like, I mean, I, I you know, I'm not even saying you have to trade a, a guy like Kaminga, but no, I, I think Poole is, they're going to look to move. He was supposed to be that microwave player, by right, the way, right. that that Joe mentioned. And you still and, need that, you know, by the way. If you get rid of him, which I'm in favor do. of, you still are going to need that. You are you are still going to need that because, as we saw when Steph was out for a month at two different points, Jordan Poole, not a perfect player, but did help the Warriors in those instances where he could go in and be a volume shooter and and playmaker and those things and not a perfect player he he lost him some games at the end but he also helped them you know Jordan Poole was a big part of the reason why the Warriors were 14 and 12 in the 26 games that Steph didn't play like that's just the the reality uh yes it's fair to criticize Kerr a hundred percent and and I you you could say the Warriors could have run more pick and roll in in game four as well, you you could say they should have gone smaller in game one quicker, no doubt. They went small. They made the 14-0 run before the Lakers scored the final five. The one where I will push back is the flat in game six, and I, it made me think of Bruce Bochy. Uh, and you know, I, I know mixing baseball and bat, but Bruce Bochy used to always say, when you don't hit, you look flat. And, and I think last night it the Warriors weren't hitting shots, and when you're not hitting shots, you look flat. And when the other team is hitting shots, the way the Lakers were hitting shots, you look flat. And so uh, I'll give you two out of the three uh, as far as as far as Joe goes. Uh, uh-huh. Did I miss anything, Whitey? Did I don't I think anything? so. Uh, Jordan Poole was actually two guys. When he played well this year and last year in the postseason, he was Jordan Poole. When he's not playing well, he's his alter ego, Gordon Toole. That's that's what I call him. Gordon Toole is a terrible player. Gordon Toole, who we saw far too much of in this postseason, he's like Dylan Brooks without the defense. That's what Jordan Poole has become at his worst, and he killed the Warriors at times this year. The Kirk criticism is interesting going back to the game uh, where he had Moody in instead of GP2. I know Monty Poole pushed him on that or asked him about it after the game, and Kerr wasn't having any of that. He's like, did you consider having uh, GP2 in there? He said, um, no, and he wanted Moses Moody in there, and he wanted a little bit of shooting, and I think he probably had a better idea of why he wanted more shooting than, than we had watching the game, but I think that's a that's a fair criticism. And as far as Clay goes, Clay is here next year. Clay's getting a lot of money, and I think the Warriors still have to do everything uh, possible to try to get him back to a more consistent shooter because again especially if you if you find a, a way to trade pool for something of value you need clay to be able to knock down threes it's a huge part 
of how you win games. So at this point, a clay's now they get rid. That that's that's just not an option. Yeah, and going back to game four because one thing did stand out: Gary Payton the second turned down a wide open wing three in game four in the fourth quarter, and right then. And and the Lakers were giving it to him. Yes. I think they were really yes. looking to to take advantage of yes. to try and aid their comeback. And and having two non-scoring pets on the floor, the Lakers had changed their defense. If you remember, that was when they switched Davis onto Wiggins, which which changed things up in in that game. And Peyton turned down that wing three, and Kerr went right to the bench and put Moody in the game because Moody had been somebody. In, yeah. And by the way. It's somebody that was unafraid to just take and make the open shot. Moses, for all the talk about Jordan Poole and he isn't this and maybe he's gone and Kaminga and all that, big-time hat tip to Moses Moody. Yeah, uh, Moses Moody was in some way – I mean, for him to not play as, as much as he did not play this year and then get called upon basically because Kaminga stunk in, in Sacramento in Game 2 – that's why Steve Kerr went to him, but to be ready and to be calm in the moment and hit Moses Moody hit shots in April and May there you that go. he doesn't hit in November and December. Like I, I we we've talked so much about hey if Moody could make some yes. open shots he'd yes. play a lot. Yes, he did that yeah. in the playoffs, which is incredible. I, I hate the history thing where we go back. You know, oh Moody played well in the playoffs. That means he should have been playing all along. No, he played better in the playoffs than he did when he got opportunities in the regular season. Now, that being said, Moses Moody's somebody that you definitely want on this team moving forward as a, as a steadying force, and he is a player who fits the ethos of the Warriors if you're into that sort of thing much more than Poole or even Kaminga at this point. Although I'm not done with Kaminga, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, just real quick, again, as we look at what happened this year, uh, Steve Kerr had to play, and I know some people say, well, no, he didn't have to, that's on him. He had to play two two-way guys a lot this year because that's how thin they were. He had to play. You know, Ty Jerome had a nice year. Lamb did some nice things that that's kind of forgotten now because they didn't play in the playoffs. Uh, Jerome wasn't even on the playoff roster. But that tells you how many issues they had with depth this year. Those two guys, two-way players, they had to play a lot, J.D., and that wasn't because Kerr doesn't like young players. It's because he just wasn't getting production from anybody else. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. We'll we'll pause here. We'll come back. We got Jonathan. We got Dre. We got a lot of people that want to talk on the phone lines. We are halfway through here. Warriors this week. Our final show for two thousand twenty two twenty three. It's JD and Whitey. We'll reset. More calls. More texts on ninety five seven. The game. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, halfway through here on a Saturday, final show. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 2022-23 campaign has come to an end with the Warriors losing in Los Angeles last night. Game 6, 122-101, we got a lot of people on the phones uh, realizing this is an, an mm. emotional morning and as we get into the afternoon here to keep this thing going until one uh we're, we're taking all comers as far as anger sadness appreciation trying to dissect where the warriors go from here just what went wrong for the warriors this season uh and if you want to get into some of the specifics about this lakers series or even last night's game uh we can do that as well but uh, what do you say we get back to the callers whitey yeah, just real quick, if I could, I'm, I'm optimistic today. My Warrior Fun Cup is half full because, A, this frustrating season is over, and, B, there's every indication that the Warriors are going to go for it again next year. There was fear that maybe they'd break it up. Doesn't look like that's the case. So, yeah, disappointing loss, but it's really encouraging that they still have every uh, intention of competing for a championship again next year. That's good news. Absolutely. Jonathan in San Francisco next year on Warriors this week. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, guys. Uh, first of all, if, if that's it for our dudes, it was an awesome, awesome, awesome ride, guys. I mean, this is coming from my big three used to be Daniel, Joe Smith, <laughs> and Antoine. So this is just totally awesome. But if the plan is to go on and maybe get another chip, that plan better includes Draymond Green because Draymond Green is just essential to winning. You can't replace a guy. I mean, a guy does the job of four other dudes. He's irreplaceable. So you got Steph, and you got him, and you got keepers like Looney, you know, Wiggins, GP2. I would like them to keep Dante because Dante, he's a scrappy guy, man. He does all the good things that you need to win a game, goes after rebounds, flies around, hits an occasional three here and there. Also, Moody's beginning to emerge as a steady Eddie guy. But uh, just like you guys alluded to, and pretty much most of the calls here are taken today, we need a clear number two. We need a number two that's going to be better than Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson because 
Jordan Poole, I don't know if he's going to snap out of it, but he's inconsistent. And, and so far in his career, he's a one-hit wonder. For, for Clay Thompson, I mean, we all love Clay. I mean, he's our, one of our dudes, you know, main guys, right? But at this point of his career, he's no longer a number two. So if for the Warriors to compete again next year and maybe get that fifth championship for, you know, step, they need a clear number two. And preferably, I don't want that number two. That his main game is not the shooting the three-point shot. I want a banger. I want somebody who's a, a real power forward, you know, a 6'10", 6'9", guy who just parks himself right there by the paint and gets either foul calls or, you know, he has that steady presence in the middle. Thanks, Jonathan. It's going to be very tough to get that kind of player. It's going to be very tough to get a number two player that's that's in line with, let's say, the the other players that we've mentioned on some of these some of these rosters uh, of the teams that are still in the playoffs or, or have just gone out of the playoffs. That that part, like like for for all of the different things you know we've discussed about different options, and and I think it is fair to say, hey, the Warriors are not getting enough from their from their second best player, or at least didn't this season and didn't in the playoffs. Uh, if you consider him to be Clay Thompson, or even if you consider him to be Andrew Wiggins, who who missed the final two months of the season and was still clearly trying to work his way back into form throughout the course of the playoffs. But uh, I guess, I guess, Whitey, what I'm getting at is, like, the Warriors, the Warriors aren't really going to have the ability to go get a superstar. Like no. that, because it sounds like Jonathan's saying, hey, they need to go get a superstar to be, to be Steph's number two. They don't have the assets or, or the means to, re- to be able to do that this year. Right, right. A um, couple of things there. He mentioned, Jonathan mentioned Draymond, and Jonathan, you probably are aware of this, but all indications are that, you know, based on the reporting that the Warriors want him and he wants to stay, and it looks like they're going to work out some sort of extension, and at the very least he has the option, but it looks like they're going to work out something longer term where maybe they get some financial relief. Anyway, it appears that everyone is on the same page there. You know, it wasn't that long ago we thought, wow, this could be it for Draymond. Dante DiVincenzo, as John Hollinger wrote today, is Dante DiVincenzo. There's just virtually no way he's going to be back. The Warriors loved him, and they'd love to keep him, but he's at $4.7 million. That's his option for next year, $4.7 million. He's almost certainly going to get more than that from someone else. Um, so he's probably going to be gone, and then the Warriors will be looking for somebody like, I don't know, you know, a Josh Richardson or somebody like that to take uh, that, that roster spot on a minimum, something, something like that. Um, so that's that's where it all is uh, going forward. And I want to thank Jonathan for mentioning Danielle Marshall because I thank Joe earlier for mentioning Purvis Short. And it's always fun to remember the days that weren't as glorious as these days are as bleak as things seem on this day after the Warriors were eliminated. Yeah, and just more to the DiVincenzo point before we get back to the phones, the Warriors, the, the most that they could offer would be their mid-level and and that's only if they're still allowed to use their mid level, which is a tax team they may not be allowed to right. use anymore. But, right. But and that's still a little unclear as to when the new parameters. Eventually, a, a tax point. team will yeah. not yeah. be able to. But but the only option the Warriors would have had, other than DiVincenzo opting in at four point seven million, and again his option, he's worth more than that, would be the the mid-level exception I think you could offer a three-year deal at like 19 million and so to me I mean if I'm DiVincenzo I'm thinking I could get three years and 30 million yeah, somewhere right you know, or at least three years and maybe 20 right. 27 million yeah. at that point so 
uh, it is a significant difference for a guy who is 25, 26 years old still. Proved his worth this year. He came in, and that's the deal. That's kind of like the Otto Porter situation last year. I'll come in. You don't have to pay me a ton because you can't. I'll help you, and then you help me reestablish my market value. And both those guys came here and did that. All right, Dre and Lamore next here on Warriors This Week. Hey, Dre. Hey, J.D., hey, Whitey. Thanks for taking my call. I was in Phoenix last night going to Laughlin. I listened to most of your show when it wasn't going out. Great show last night, great show this morning. I got a few things to say. Uh, J.D., you were correct on that caller who called early and said the Warriors didn't look good in the first quarter. Well, they didn't look good, but it's not that they weren't trying. It's just it's a miss or miss league. They had open shots. They just weren't falling. Um, with Jonathan said his big three, I'm an old man. My original big three was Rick Berry, Bill Smith, and Keith Wilkes. <laughs> and so, with that being said, we still have not beat the Lakers in a playoff series. We haven't seen them in a lot of playoff series, but we haven't beat them. I really, really hate those guys. And the player that I hate on the court the most is LeBron. I respect LeBron's game. I respect Beck, LeBron off the court. Heck, I even agree with most of his politics, but I do think he's petty. I mean, he I believe he didn't allow Verishow to get a ring the year when he went to the Warriors and we lost that seven games. And also, do you remember the cake they made on Halloween? Oh, yeah. LeBron yeah, yeah, had yeah. a lot to do with that. And uh, What's your guys' opinion on LeBron? I know you think he's a great player and respect him, but do you believe he's petty as well? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Dre. No doubt he is. And look, the Warriors came back and won a couple of championships after that after that cake, where he he declared him dead. Right? Remember, yeah. was it wasn't it Halloween party, and there yeah. were like head like tombstones of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. I think. Yeah, yeah. I you know that's some sometimes the great players need to motivate themselves however they can. I'm all for petty. Yeah. I'm all for petty. It works. Yeah. And I'll just say this. I real quick. I may have meant, I think I mentioned this before. Uh, there was a young lady that used to be one of our interns, and my daughter played basketball with her, and she ended up working for LeBron's like PR company. Oh. And she said he's a. There was some huge meeting with everybody there, and she said I didn't even think he knew who I was, and he knew my name, and he's a really good guy to work for. So you know, to me, that we always see him on TV and what they say, and he says stuff that drives me crazy all the time. But bottom line, <laughs> I guess deep down, you know, he really takes care of people that work for him, and that that's you know that's pretty cool. Let's get back to the phones. Brian in Oakland on Warriors this week with J.D. and Whitey. Hey, Brian. Yeah, good morning, guys. I have a just a lot of little comments or thoughts. I respect your idea that there's always needs to be two kind of fundamental guys that carry the load, but I think incrementally there's a lot of things that can occur. You, you think back to, like, the Celtics in their days, and it was Russell, you know, with a bunch of guys that played roles, but you know, the number two was who? Was it, you know, Haplicek for a while? Yes, but was there anybody that, I mean, I I think you can win championships without having a, a dominant one-two punch. And to that end, if I was going to kind of project what I'd like to see, I'd actually like to start with Looney. I mean, Looney, do you realize that Looney led the Pac-12 in three-point shooting as a freshman before they drafted him? And to see him continually pass up that 10 and 15 foot jumper, which I know he can make. I mean, we saw one last night, 
Brian. Warriors. You made one last night with a shot clock oh, running down. Yeah, no, he made a beautiful one. It was just, and it's, it's easy. And I mean, you know, look how strong the Warriors look when Draymond can score. That twenty and ten game was awesome. And so, if we can get those two to not only set screens, but but you know, kind of hit the fifteen foot jumper, I think it would open up a lot. And then the other thought I had, or the other two thoughts, one is, you know, Poole worked his butt off to become a a pro and to really become a great shooter and offensive player. At least that's what all the reports were, that he was first in the gym and last out and bump of them. And so I guess my question is, can, uh, you know, and then he got paid and, you know, we, we, uh, we read the rumors of the ice spice date and dropping half a million and all that is if he rededicated himself to trying to learn to play defense, is that something a player can actually improve dramatically or is it sort of a slow incremental thing like we've seen with Curry? I think it's more incremental. I think Curry's probably the perfect example, Brian, and, and thanks for the call as somebody that was not a good defender. That and Curry really has gotten stronger, which I think helped his defense maybe more than anything. Uh, but, no, I, I think Poole can get better defensively. He has to want to try to get better defensively. can't get any worse. But it wouldn't be I, – I don't think you're going to see some dramatic turnaround from, from one year to the next. But even a, a, even a small incremental bump, assuming he's around, which I, I kind of don't feel like he's going to be, uh, I, I think would, would certainly help uh, his stock. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Some really interesting points. I'll just say this about Kevon Looney, and I mentioned earlier, I just, you know, one of the things I'll miss about this show is looking at the box scores on Saturdays and going, man, did you see how many rebounds Looney had or how many assists? But he can't shoot. And I didn't know that he led the team in three-point shooting or whatever the stat was that you cited from UCLA. I didn't know that. But he can't. I mean, you can just see him at the free throw line. He can't make free throws. So maybe that's something they can work on. I know Steve Kerr was asked about that earlier just a few weeks ago, and he said, no, I don't want to see Kevon Looney shooting three. So that's that would be a project maybe, but it's not something like, hey, he should be shooting more threes because right now he, he just is not a good shooter of the basketball. No, he was a good shooter in college. It's interesting. I know I've joked about this. Uh, our buddy Alan Stiles uh, hipped me to, uh, and you can Google this if you're looking for something, a little bit of a palate cleanser if you're a Warrior fan and you're you know trying mm-hmm. to get over the, the end of the season, the Ke- Kevon Looney High School mixtape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Ke- Kevon Looney in high school looked like Kevin freaking Durant. Sure. Like he, he would he would put it on the floor and hit pull up jumpers and and I mean just incredibly skilled and I think you do see some of his skill on display with the way he runs the offense. I'm with you. Looney doesn't need to be shooting threes. No. You know, can he knock can he knock down some shorter jumpers here and there? Maybe. Uh I, I do think one thing that stood out from the Sacramento series, I do think Looney can be more of a high screen dribble handoff passer. And in, in oh, yeah, the Warriors' he's a good offense than, yeah. than, than maybe they've used before. And, and, you know, that's a skill. He's gotten bigger, and I think that's obviously taken away from his shooting because he's he wanted to you know be a true center in the, in the league, and that's been the position which has allowed him to thrive. But I do think he can be somebody that, that almost can be a little bit more of a stabilizing force uh, when Draymond isn't in the game or, or available. You know, I, I kind of like the idea of – you know, maybe those two start together, but you also have the ability to to split them up as the game goes on, and and he can be somebody that almost 
soaks up some of the Draymond offensive duties if Draymond needs a night off or if Draymond doesn't quite have it at the level that, that he used to have it at. A real quick on Poole's defense. I remember years ago seeing something from a Chinese circus and there was a bear and like this little dog in the ring and the bear, you know, they're supposed to perform together and the bear just ate the dog. And I was reminded of that watching oh. Poole trying to guard LeBron. Did you know and that happened a few times? Yeah. It's like, Oh no! I mean, he's a terrible defender. I do. You're right, uh, Brian. He's worked really hard on his game. That's definitely an area in which he could probably uh, apply himself a little more. He's got to get a little better because he's an awful, awful defender. He just runs up to people and bumps them. JD, like I know I can't guard you, so I'm gonna bump you off your spot and hope I get away. And then he complains about the call. He's an awful defender. He's got to be able to get better. Let's go to Jeffy in Miami. What's going on, Jeffy? Hey, did you say probably he could probably work on his defense a little bit better? I, I think it's more than probably. Yes, I yes. Mean, he well, he can work on it. He can work he, on it. It's just how much yeah, better can he it's get? Ridiculous. Yeah. He's got to show. Yeah, I mean, he's got to show a minimal amount of effort. Yes, at least. I yes. Mean, he's like. He's a no-show. I think this year, um, like, if you just look back at everything, you know, with the way that they use the two-way players over the lottery pick, like, we don't even know what we have in the younger players because Steve Kerr refuses to play them. And the guys, the two-way players that he played throughout the year, they didn't even sniff anything in the playoffs. So, like, you know, there's no way that you can say that those guys deserve to get more playing time than Moody and Kaminga because you know that the core is aging and you're hemmed in with the salary cap. So it's not like you can do a lot of anything with free agency just because you're tied into the salary cap. So why not see what you've got in these young guys? And the difference, there wouldn't have been you, – you would have been better if you played those guys. It's not like you could have been any worse during the season, especially on the road, if you're playing Moody and Kaminga more than you're playing Jerome and Lamb. And then, you know, all they did this year is really get smaller. I mean, they they, they just mismanaged it. It seems like they've mismanaged it a lot, and it seems like the locker room is just totally destroyed, and there's some major issues that are happening in the background that none of us know about. I mean, maybe, you know, the media might have some more kind of insider knowledge, but there's something seriously wrong with this team, and it just seems like there's it's broken right now. And, you know, you can bring the core back, but, I mean, you know, look, Clay – you know, when you're chucking up whatever 16 threes and you make three of 16, I mean that that's not that's not helping us win anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's frustrating. I mean the team, you know, everything they've done for us as fans has been great. It's been entertaining, but there's something seriously broken and and they need to fix it. And I don't know if they can. I mean, I just don't know if they can. Well, they may not be good enough, and and, and we'll see as they look to 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 kind of double down on the on the big three, if you will. I do think, though, Whitey, uh, I, I want to, and, and you know where I'm going, uh, the the two ways over the lottery picks, I, I still think a lot of that is just revisionist history. And, and to be honest, and I know a lot of Warrior fans don't agree with this, but Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome did deserve to play over Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody uh, for a, a good chunk of this season. That's just reality. And you know, here's the thing on Ty Jerome, and I know I'm going to get lost in the weeds here, but I want to explain it because I don't think a lot of people understand it. Ty Jerome doesn't play the same position as Moses Moody. So it was never a, a choice 
you know, and when Ty Jerome played, Ty Jerome played because Steph Curry was out and Jordan Poole moved into the starting lineup and and you needed another backup ball handler. And so Ty Jerome would play in those instances. Moses Moody's not that player. So it was never Moses Moody should play over Ty Jerome. Right. It's just it, it's not that. Moody is, was a was a two three. I think he's really a three. He looks like he's more of a three than Kaminga looks like at this yeah, point. A little bit of a tweener. And, and yes. It, and it was also never really Anthony Lamb over Kaminga because Lamb became more of a three as the year went on. And a lot of times, as I mentioned earlier, they played together and they played together with Draymond at the five and actually played really well. One of the Warriors' best forward trios this year was Draymond, Kaminga, and Lamb because Lamb and Steve Kerr talked about the fact that Lamb can stretch the floor because he can shoot. He's a, he's a, you know, a sensible, smart, steady kind of a player offensively. And then Kaminga had the freedom to do the things in the dunker spot or in the corner that, that he likes to do. And so Kaminga's a four on this team, more than a three. And so, you know, Draymond slides to the five and Kaminga could kind of step in and, and do things at the four spot. The thing that hurt Kaminga was was really it was GP2 because they viewed Kaminga and GP2 offensively, and really I think even defensively, but offensively is kind of the same type of player. Dunker spot, corner three on offense, you're a four. Peyton's a four on offense. And then on defense, because Kaminga is pretty bad at defensive rotation and knowing where he needs to be and and getting lost when teams really make him kind of think defensively, they said, hey, all right, don't worry about any of that. We want you to be a ball hawk. Well, Gary Payton's a better ball hawk. Yep. And so when you have Gary Payton, then he gets moved in front of Kaminga as far as the, the depth chart uh, goes. So, yeah. yeah, long-winded answer. I know those that have heard me have been redundant, but it does need to be explained because a lot of people just think, oh, the lottery picks. Well, they didn't earn it. Well, they and, didn't and the, earn it. There's Whitey. this too. Yeah, there's this too. I mean, I think these numbers put the light of the notion that Kerr didn't want to play Kaminga and Moody, so that's why he played Lamb and Jerome Moore. He actually didn't. Uh, Jerome played 45 games this year. Kaminga played 67. Lamb played 62. And Moody played 63. So Kaminga and Moody both played in more games than Lamb and Ty Jerome. And by the way, minutes per game, Kaminga played more minutes per game than any of them. So I know it looked like that at times because every time you had a two-way player out there, to some fans, it's like, what, what are you doing? He can't be out there. Steve Kerr wasn't he, – he was reluctant to play Kaminga and Moody only because they weren't playing well, and the better they played, the more they played. And by the way, I know I've said Kaminga had a pretty good year overall. It didn't end well, and I think – Bottom line, I think, big picture, Moody, considering what he did in the playoffs, he developed much better and had a better year overall than Kaminga did. And a lot of people would say, you know, again, go back and do the revisionist history thing and say, well, if Moody can do that, then he should have been playing all along, which I vehemently disagree with. But I do think Moody, in comparison to last year, where there was also some revisionist history because Moody played in, like, one game because Damian Lee stunk – Everybody thought, oh, Moody was a major contributor to their run. No, he wasn't. Like, he, he was fine when he got out. Yeah, that big game against Dallas last season. Yeah, he that didn't, was the one. He didn't yeah. get, and, and it was in game four, I believe, with the Warriors up 3-0, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I anyway, think I was thinking of a is, regular season game. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yes, in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah he had a yeah. big fourth quarter. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. He had a big fourth quarter in March, no doubt. Uh, but I will say this for – Moody's playoffs this year 
was tangible enough and enough of a sample size over how many games did the Warriors play? Six and they played 13 games. So he played 12 of them and was in the rotation in 12 of them. What Moody did this year, Whitey, in the playoffs does translate to, yep. all right, put this kid in the rotation mm-hmm. next year. Yep. And, and let's not, like, so I'm I'm on the Moody bandwagon as far as steady, young, you know, put put him out there. Kaminga, I'm with you. Again, I know I get a lot of crap for being down on Kaminga. I don't think Kaminga had a bad year either. I just think a lot of Warrior fans think he's a lot better than he is right now, and it's like, let's take a deep breath. Let's understand he's not a great player right now. In fact, he's probably not even a good player consistently right now. And if the Warriors choose to to keep him, uh, he's going to have to continue to improve in ways that they want him to improve to grow and develop. That's fine. But I also think you know, it's not that you want to get rid of Kaminga necessarily, but he would be one of the assets that could net you the players that you really are going to want if you're going to double down and build around the championship core. Yeah, if I could trade Poole and Kaminga, I'm in no hurry. Well, I really am in a hurry to trade Poole, but if if I could trade those two guys and if I could get OG and Unobi, and I know that deal, some form of that, uh, some variation that was discussed. You know my thoughts on that. I would definitely do that, J.D. I would be all in on that. And I, I would be all in on that as well because that would be another young wing rotation defender. Type player. Yes, yes. And and a defender, somebody yeah. that can help stabilize your your defense. Now the Warriors, that being said, do need shooting. You can never have too much shooting. He shot the ball but, well this year too. But the problem is you have to you know you have to fortify your defense and mm-hmm. not have as many one way players. The Warriors right. have too many of those. Yeah. All right, good conversation. We'll take a breath here. 888-957-9570. It's Whitey Gleason. It's John Dickinson. we got one more hour oh, to go. Okay. We're going to get to the phones. We'll reset everything as well. Just a lot going on here as the Warriors see their season come to an end in Los Angeles. Final hour on 95.7 The Game. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.